Helmets and Heels, brought to you by Underwood Jewelers on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Here's Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, and Blythe Brumley. Well, for our longtime listeners, they noticed that the Jessica Blaylock of old is no longer in the open. And so just in case Jessica's taking some time away from her Marlin Spring training work, we have to say, Jessica, we already do miss you. We hope you're having a blast. And judging by some of your tweets, it looks like you probably would rather be at the ballpark right. than hanging out in a studio <laughs> with some girls. But yes, so welcome into Helmets and Heels on Lauren Brooks, Donna Murphy, Vlad Brumleave. Ladies, how the heck are you? Great. I'm ready to hear all about your trip because even, you know, even though we're on air, I didn't get to hear about any of it off air. So I'm ready. So bronze. Oh, I thank you. That's uh, completely and totally no sunburn in case my parents are listening. I don't want to get yelled at. That is a tan after sunscreen, of course. Nice. Trying to prevent the wrinkles. But yeah, the keys. Oh, my goodness gracious. It was so much fun. To go, first of all, to go to Key West any time of year is a blast. Mm -hmm. But to go for a close family member's wedding is just so special. And when you love the bride, you love the groom. It was such an intimate wedding, too. There was only probably about 15 of us there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really small. And so every single person had a, you know, just a phenomenal time in general listening to... The vows was just, oh my gosh, just, oh, I can't even begin to tell you how perfect they were. And then, you know, we all had a great relationship with both of them. And so it was just so much fun. So after the wedding, which was on the beach, we go back to the pool and we all just hang out. We grill burgers and play in the pool and do swimming games. And I mean, obviously have drinks and stuff. It it was just so laid back. It was awesome. And then the groom actually had to get on a plane and fly to Arizona the day after the wedding because there's this little thing called the Veteran Combine that he was participating oh, in. Yes. So there's nothing like getting married and having like a you know crazy fun wedding and then hopping on a plane to go run the 40. That's always fun. Um, but he did really well. And so then the uh, the party continued the next day after he left and it was girls go to the pool bar day, which was oh wow, yes. clearly a great time. And that's where the sun came into play. Um, I had never been there before. It's called Dante's oh. Pool Bar. <laughs> I have experience there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you might have even more experience than I have there. But no, it was so fun. They have um, beer pong tables in the pool and Smart you know all DJ. about it. Great drinks. <laughs> so much fun. So much fun is right. I mean, we joked about whether, you know, Jacksonville should get one of these. And then yes. we said, and then we said, oh, we would they, down Too there. You trouble. don't know the people peeing in the pool here. You would actually know them because, you know, people are going because you watch them drink and not get out of the pool. Yeah, mm, it was right. But there's chlorine in the water. It's yeah, that, that's what I always say. Cares. You'll be you'll be just fine. We all grew up with other people doing that and we all survived. And then after Dante's pool bar, we went and saw this um, band that I had never heard of before called Spiritual Res at the Green Parrot. That's one of my favorite places down there. Um, and so it was just, it was so much fun. And Thursday we went to Hog's Breath and I found a new guy that I really liked, um, that played the guitar. Not liked like that, Donna. Um, <laughs> he was married, but, uh, no, that his name was Cliff Cody and he was acoustic guitar and was so freaking great. And I love country music and he did all like acoustic country, old country, new country. Ugh. I was just, yes. 
Just in heaven, basically. I need to go to the Keys now. I know, right? Me on it. Between raw oysters and live music and the pool bar, I mean, oh, I would live in the Keys. Me like, it's too. Just so gorgeous and just such a the water is so pretty lifestyle that I want. And... Have you ever been, Donna? No. Oh, no, but I'd live in Aruba. Okay. Well, the Keys kind of is a little closer. <laughs> no. to your family, right? <laughs> so but those of news. you, um, you know, the listeners out there that don't know your family members that got married, do mm-hmm. you want to mention who went to the Veterans Combine? Oh, sure, Lonnie Pryor. Yeah, he, uh, he was on the practice he squad. Did, he did pretty well. Yeah, he did pretty well. He was the fastest of the fullbacks, so that was good. That Especially cool. after spending a few days in the Keys leading up between this bachelor party the weekend before and then the Keys leading up to the Combine. Yeah, he did really well. We were proud of him. Um, so yeah, shout out to Caitlin and Lonnie for getting married. And this Friday, the party continues down in St. Augustine. <laughs> They're having the actual reception Friday. Oh, so wow. I know. So really, it's open just bar been, for you. Um, it is open bar. And I came up with um, not to like take any credit from anyone, but I came up with the hashtag for the wedding, which is hashtag priorities because his last name is prior. Aww. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of cute, right? That's very cute. Every wedding apparently nowadays needs a hashtag. I do. So, yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, it was fantastic. Blythe, <laughs> tell us all about your trip. Oh, well, I didn't go to anywhere exotic. I just. <laughs> well, sort went. of you did. Well, I, yeah, I guess you could say that. Well, I'm a big uh, Disney fan, so they always have uh, the Florida resident deals and, mm-hmm. and around this time of the year. They have a three-day park pass for, I think, 140 bucks. Went down with the whole family, uh, family friends that I grew up with. <clears throat> There's about 15 of us there. So we Were you all stayed. in the same T-shirts? With no, signs? no, no, no. <laughs> we, we, we don't take it that far. Um, but yeah, we we went to all three of the parks. We did the whole you know, go to Epcot and drink around the world. And how far did you make it? Oh, we made it the whole way. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> she gave the face like, yeah. "How dare you even That's ask that?" Well, of course, we made it around the world. So, what do you drink different things along the way, or is it all beer? You, what we try to do is get a signature because you're eating too. So you it, mm-hmm. you can kind of you know do the whole experience okay. at the same never time and, and not be too messed up. Um, so you start at one side, and those that have never been to to Epcot, it's a big, almost like a big U shape. And so you start at one section, and you just work your way around. And they have signature drinks. They have signature foods from each country. Um, everybody that works in that specific country, you have to be on a work visa from that country. So it's really cool to like talk to these different people, that. hear their their uh, their their dialect, and hear them talking in other different languages. And it's it's just really cool to to get the experiences that they have from their home country and and what they like about working in in Florida and and at Epcot. Um, so, anyways, we made our way around the world. Uh, Magic Kingdom was actually open later that night for resort guests. It was open till 3 a.m. So there were certain points where we just literally sat down. Like, I think there was one show at the very end, like at midnight, and it was a light show on Cinderella's Castle. And so we just sat down right in front of the castle and just watched. And there's hardly any people there because kids aren't up that late anyway. So So did you make it till 3 we made it till two. That's pretty and then good. We left. But that, that's after being at the park at 9 a.m. when it wow. opens. You stay there. You take a little break at the hotel in the middle of the day, and then you go back. Um, but it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It, it's like I said, it's a group of big group of family or big group of people that we always take trips with together. So it's just it's more about the company and what you're doing too. What's your favorite ride? I, you know, I was honestly, I was disappointed with the mine ride. It's the brand new ride yeah. that's at Disney World. It's, it's Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed with that. But, you know, Space Mountain and, and Thunder Mountain are, are always really good. Um, Everest 
at Animal Kingdom is really good. We didn't do any rides at Epcot, but we did actually use the Magic Bands, which I don't know if you guys know about those, mm-hmm. but they have your fast passes on them. They have your tickets on them. It's like these little bands, like bracelets that you wear. Nice. Do they keep track of how much you drink? No. Oh, wait, they could because you can charge. Every, your credit card is built into it, too. Ah. So you can. It's so easy just to pay for different things. And so you just swipe your little you just wave your magic band and smart. Thanks, That's a little Dad. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Another drink, please. <laughs> Arms out for a reason. I just take my dad's hand and I put it up against the payment system. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Nicely done. That That's sounds awesome. like it was a uh, really relaxing but fun time and yeah, good weather. Yeah, it's just a good weekend trip. And, and it was definitely great weather up until Monday when we left and it was pouring, raining. And I was like, oh, thank God we're leaving. So. Yeah. Don't you miss Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? You guys remember that? No. no. You don't remember, Scott, you remember Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> it was the most fun. I, I, I don't even know how this existed in Disney. I mean, you're great going through. It's I think we're the mine. I think we're the oh, seven horses. Oh, okay. You're going through. All of a sudden, you rob I think a bank or something. You end up going to hell. Oh, it was it was awful. Dang. Oh, it was. No like, wonder how was your favorite ride. Oh, it was great. That's Bonnie and over there. Oh, it was great. I, I never understood. Oh, why Splash it Mountain is also another good one. That's, That's a classic. Especially yeah, for yeah, Donna. Get it? Oh! <laughs> Wet t-shirt contest? Oh! There we go. Bump, bump. Bring it all together. All right, bump, so bump. while we did nothing but eat and drink on our trip <laughs> and, uh, you know, gain a few LBs, you, on the other hand, has probably lost a few LBs recently preparing, or at least changing the LBs around. Yes. Preparing for this photo shoot. Yes. So you are now the most famous member of Helmets and Heels. No. Tell us but all about it, you stud you. I am so excited because, am I allowed to say this? Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, but, well, I don't know what lovely, you're about to say. Lovely Blythe went to the Void offices today. Yes, today. And Woo. she took a couple snapshots of my layout on her phone. So I got to see him and I'm so excited because I was very nervous of what pictures were going to turn out. And, you know, because we all, I sent you guys the picture say, of the yeah. bikini bottoms and there was really nothing to the bikini bottoms. No, um, I was proud of you for being able to be fit enough, especially as a mother, Yeah, to be able to put that skimpy thing on. The, one of the first things I told Blythe when I was looking at him, because I'll show you later, um, I'm so happy that my abs, uh-huh. you know, ABS abs, <laughs> uh, came out. You know, I worked hard. I told her this was a three-week venture of every day working out twice a day, eating nothing but, you know, straight-up granola, spinach wraps, um, bananas and pears. That's about it. You know, and then I went on a two day juice fast of the naked drinks, you know, mm-hmm. before the shoot. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying desperately hard to turn the body fat into muscle. And I, th- I, I'm happy with it. So she looks bomb. I cannot excited. wait to see it. And I'm sure that the rest of Jacksonville is going to be pretty jealous when I get a sneak peek. Like, I will say it, 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 I saw a few of the layouts and, and Donna's was definitely one of the best. Well, I got, I was lucky because I got the best spot. I mean, Everbank Field, come on. Oh, I didn't realize not everyone was there. No, it was, that was my shoot in the, in the pools. No, each shoot is custom. So it's, it's, it's one girl Ah, per location. Even better. Yeah. I can't wait to contrast and compare. Obviously you're going to be the winner. No, I was (laughs) so excited. I was very nervous. Um, then there was no delicate way of walking out with, basically you're a thong and right being like all right um well here i am everybody here so, i am what are you what are you gonna do but the issue drops april 1st 
citywide April 2nd. And so you should be able to see yeah. Donna in that swimsuit void we'll magazine talk, issue. When the uh, pool, when the swimsuit party. That is April, April 18th, 18th, I believe. Yeah. We'll talk more about it closer. All right. To I look forward to it. All right. Coming up next, we are going to talk to Christy Dosh and find out what her passion is and how she got into sports. She has written a book, Saturday Millionaires. It's been published for a while. She's also the wife of our program director, Chad Scott. And we are also looking forward to talking a little bit, like I mentioned before, about the angle of a certain body part. And also, we want to tell you whether blondes or brunettes sell more lingerie. So that's all coming up next on Helmets and Heels on Tenson XL 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeah, we don't have to talk right now. We can just listen. <laughs> you know, I was telling Blythe before you got in how we should really write down songs that we want. Well, this Come one back. was handpicked because, if you remember, after my wedding reception Friday night that I'm attending for Caitlin and Lonnie, I'm going Saturday night to see Eric Church in Tampa Church. since I can't see him oh, that's Friday night. Right. And I heard my friend Valerie sent me a text that there's a great hashtag, which is um, good girls go to, ch- don't miss church. Good Aww. girls don't miss church. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. But, um, next week, by the way, ladies, we will be live from the baseball grounds of Jacksonville for a little Florida, Florida state baseball action. Woo! And one person who may not be able to be there in spirit, but who will obviously be cheering for Florida as she is a Florida graduate is Christy Dosh, who joins us now, vice president of Reputation Inc. Hello, Christy. Hello. How are you, ladies? We're fantastic. Thanks. How are you? I am good. I'm so jealous that you guys are going to be at the baseball game because baseball is my my first true love. And unfortunately, my second true love, Chad Scott, hates baseball. (laughs) He never takes me to baseball games. (laughs) I know it's too bad you'll be in Atlanta and missing out. I know. I would totally come without him if I was going to be in town. You know, Christy, one of my best memories, and it's a short time that we've had you and Chad here with us, but of talking to Chad about certain foods and, well, you know, we had a cake or (laughs) I think it was a cheesecake or something a couple months ago. And we're like, don't you want to take some home to Christy? Oh, no, she's not allowed to have that. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean she's not allowed to have it? Is she, like, allergic? What's wrong? Oh, no, I don't let her eat that. (laughs) Wow. Exactly. And he always says, when I say you don't let me eat things, he always says, I don't let you do anything. I'm like, give me a break. You do not let me eat things. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, somebody asked us, we had our one year anniversary. Yes, over the congratulations. Weekend, and somebody asked, thank you. Somebody asked, were we going to eat the top of the cake? And it's in our freezer currently still sitting in the freezer. And he has promised me that we will actually eat the top of the cake, but he didn't eat the cake at the actual wedding. So I hold out zero hope that he's eating any of this frozen cake. Well, that kind of goes along the lines of when you wanted a cat and he made you promise to work out for a certain period of time before you get a cat. But it worked. I got the cat. I did it. We've had Lizzie for, oh gosh, it's probably been nine months now. And she's like the third love of my life. Yes, she she definitely is. I see your pictures. Um, I worked now, hard for her. You did. And speaking of working hard, you're going to be in a pageant coming up here soon, right? I am. I am currently Mrs. Northeast Florida, which is a title you're 
awarded. It's not something where there was actually a comp- a competition. So people are like, ooh, I didn't sign up for that pageant. <laughs> there was no pageant for it. Um, but I am competing in Mrs. Florida International down in Orlando in May. And the winner goes on to Mrs. International, which is actually here in Jacksonville every year. It was here last year. Um, and I know they're on a long-term contract, so they're here for at least the next few years. So that would kind of be fun to get to represent the state of Florida and compete right here in Jacksonville. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I'm a pageant newbie, so we'll see how it goes. What, what is, what's all involved in this pageant? Do you have to do a talent? <laughs> okay, so there's no swimsuit. Unlike Donna, I do not look <laughs> in a swimsuit. So there is no swimsuit portion of the competition. Um, 50% of the pageant is interview, and I'm really excited about that because uh, my sort of previous career as a journalist and all the things that I've done, like that's where I feel competent is sitting down in a one-on-one interview with these co- uh, with these um, judges. And you have a platform that you're promoting, and mine is battling children's cancer. I'm on the board of a National Cancer Foundation called Versus Cancer, and I'm so excited. I mean, it's really the main reason I'm doing this pageant is to raise awareness of Versus Cancer and its mission. So I'm really excited for that interview portion. And then 25% of it's evening gown. And I mean, look, most of us ladies love to get dressed up and yes. put on a pretty gown. I just bought my gown last week, so I'm very excited about it. And then 25%. He did not go this time. But actually, he did go previously. Uh, to another dress store where I did not ultimately find my dress. But he loves that kind of thing. He loves going so. and giving me his opinion on that. He's He loves getting dressed up, so he's excited because he gets to escort me on stage in a tux for the evening wear portion, and he will love every minute of that. That's adorable. How many people compete <laughs> in something like this? loves to get dressed up. <laughs> I believe there are about 15 women in the Florida competition. And then if you make it to Mrs. International, I think there's about 65 because you have one from every state. And then there's several international um, and regional titles as well. Yeah. So if you want to see uh, one of the pictures at (laughs) Sports Biz Miss, by the way, your new profile picture on Twitter. And recent headshots. Yes. Right. Actually, the same photographer that took pictures for you ladies for Helmets and Heels, Tanya Beaver. Tanya. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, I love her. She makes me look really good. <laughs> she makes all of us she look really good. Yeah, shopping she did a skills. great job. I was deciding that we probably need another photo shoot in the near future since we're down a woman, and uh, I, I don't know. think that's really going to happen. But already, I know. Don't you? Me too. Luckily, she'll be back next month. So that's oh, good. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Yeah, the Marlins play the Suns um, in April, so she'll be back. Oh, fun! Up this week we need a that. reunion party. I know we do. We had just we just <laughs> had the going away party. Now we need a reunion party. Yes. <laughs> so, Christy, tell us about your passion when it comes to the sports industry. I'm going to say that it probably came long before you met Chad. But tell us tell us what got you into it in the first place. <laughs> So I was a practicing attorney, and I was blogging about sports on the side just because I grew up as a big sports fan. My dad was a big sports fan, especially baseball, and that's why I say baseball is my first love. My dad and I would sit and watch the Braves. You know, I mean, I think every single night during the season that they were on, my mom worked at night, and it was just me and my dad at home. My brother's almost nine years younger, so it was a while before he was around, and those are my greatest memories, I think, from childhood are sitting around in a recliner with my dad watching the Braves. And so 
I got out of law school and I was blogging about the Braves and about the business side of baseball in general, just kind of an outlet for my thoughts. I've always loved to write and I just really, you know, blogging was kind of new back then and I was just testing the waters and it really just snowballed. I got an opportunity to write on a little bit bigger site. I had been just writing on my own site and I moved up to another site and then I moved up to another. And, you know, after a few years and lots of blogging, I got asked to go blog for Forbes. Uh, and write in their sports money section using my law degree to dissect some of the business and legal issues that maybe other reporters couldn't tackle. And I loved it. Um, it was a hobby. I was still working full-time as an attorney, but I absolutely loved it. And I stumbled across uh, some pieces on the business of college sports. And I love watching college football, but it wasn't something I wrote about. And I wrote a series about the business side of college football, a five-part series. And it did phenomenally well in terms of people reading it. And I realized people really wanted to know more about it. That there, Back then, I mean, that was probably five years ago, there wasn't that much out there about the business side of college sports. And so I made that my mission to become like the expert on the business side of college sports. And I think that's still probably my greatest driving passion. I do so many different things from continuing to write about the business of college sports for Fox Sports and Sports Business Journal and other outlets, but also in my role here in Jacksonville at Reputation, Inc. We've got a uh, small and growing sports practice, and I really want college sports to be a big part of that because I am passionate about college sports and about the opportunities that it provides for student-athletes. What do you think is the biggest misconception when you tell people that you are a blogger? (laughs) That's a really good question. In the beginning, I would say it was a credibility issue, like anybody can start a blog. So it was hard to convince people that you were doing your research and you knew what you were talking about and you took it seriously. I don't have that problem as much anymore because I've worked for ESPN and Forbes and Fox Sports and um, having those outlets behind me, people don't really question my credibility anymore. But I think there's still a misconception about the amount of work it takes that somehow writing a blog takes less journalistic skill than writing, you know, an article in a newspaper or a magazine or for a major publication in a format like that. And it's not true. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a blog only a name, you know, that basically just means it's an article I wrote online and it wasn't in a print publication, but it takes the same amount of time and research as the pieces I write that are in print publications. So I think sometimes blogging gets that sort of amateur tag and that's not always accurate. And you use the word expert. Before we let you go, I definitely want you to talk about how you just recently gave a speech on how women should embrace the role of expert and not run away from it. It's really interesting because I got asked to go speak at the Jacksonville Women's Leadership Forum, and I got asked to speak about career-defining, game-changing moments. And I think the other women on my panel probably wondered what I was doing there because I'm 33, and I think they all had me by about 20 years. (laughs) And I think they wondered at 33 how have I had this, like, game-changing, career-defining moment, but I have. And I I tried to decide, was it the day Forbes asked me to write for them? Was it when ESPN hired me around uh, away from my law practice? Was it when I got a book deal? Like, I think there's a lot of points in my career I could have pointed to. And I decided after weeks of thinking about it, it was the day I started calling myself an expert. And I called myself an expert before anybody else did. And I really think that there's something to that. Like, you have to believe it yourself 
before you can make other people believe it. And when I emailed an editor at Forbes before I ever wrote there, I called myself an expert, and he emailed me back within 48 hours and offered me an opportunity to write for them. And I don't know if he would have done that if I hadn't, you know, had the balls to call myself an expert in that area. So I was really encouraging these women to embrace that. And so many of them came up to me afterwards and told me, you know, I've been in my field 25 years. I'm the person everybody comes to on this subject. Other people call me an expert, but I would never call myself that. And I realized that women are afraid to call themselves an expert. They're afraid that it sounds, you know, showboaty or too much self-promotion. And, you know, obviously I think you can go too far and you can sound like that, but you really have to believe in yourself before you can convince other people to believe in you. So I'm a big proponent of teaching women to sort of own that and claim their expertise when they have it. Well, Christy, can you give us your expertise now on the uh, the Loretta Lynn South e- Southeast Area Qualifier that you're uh, also going to be a part of? Okay. So I'm learning. I will not call myself an expert in this okay. area. I know when to not on motocross. I know when to call myself an expert and when not to. Um, however, I was so excited to get this opportunity to work with a racetrack that's here in Jacksonville. It's on the west side of town, kind of near where 10 and 301 meet. Um, so it's, it's sort of WW Ranch. It is, and it's not even quite a year old, um, very new track. They've spent almost a million and a half building this track up, oh and it's gosh. just, you know, even knowing nothing about motocross the first time I went out there, I mean, you can just tell it's beautiful. It's well-maintained, that they really take pride in what they're doing, and they have a regional qualifier that's coming to town April 3rd through the 5th, and I don't think people, one, know that it's coming to town, but two, understand what a big deal it is in the motocross world. Uh, the biggest sort of motocross championship is the Loretta Lynn, and in order to be able to compete in that up in Tennessee, you have to qualify at one of these regional qualifiers. And this is the first time Jacksonville's ever had a regional qualifier. So there will be multiple different classes for different ages and skill levels and that sort of thing. And eight people in each class will go on to the next level. So they're expecting 500 to 700 different racers to come in town that weekend and compete in this regional qualifier with the hopes of ultimately going on to the Loretta Lynn National Championships. And I, you know, this is an event I didn't know was having, and motocross is not something in my background or something that I've ever done. So I went and spent a day out the track, and I met the owner, Wayne Scarborough Jr., and I talked to him about why he built the track and the type of events they were having, and I'm totally hooked. I am actually headed back later this week to get on a dirt bike for the first time in my entire life. Nice. I am sold. I love it. So I really encourage people to check it out while it's in town this time. Uh, they're going to be there April 3rd through the 5th. April 3rd is a Friday. That'll be a practice day. And then Saturday and Sunday, there will be actual races that you can go watch. And it's everything from four-year-olds, which is kind of horrifying when you think about a four-year-old right. on a dirt bike. But I watched some pretty young kids the other day. They are impressive. Yeah. Uh, you know, they ride that bike. Like I said, they have no fear. They'll take on anything. Uh, and then all the way up to adults. And there's actually a young woman we had the chance to talk with this week so that we could pitch her story. She lives, I think, up outside of Callahan, maybe. She's 28 years old. She's considered the fastest female motocross racer in the Southeast. She's gone to the national championship 13 times. Wow. She's an she's an OR nurse at St. Vincent. <laughs> and in her spare time at night and on the weekends, she's out on the motocross track. And I'm so excited to see how she does in this. Impressive. How can uh, people learn more? Yeah, so there it's. The track is called WW Ranch, and if you want to go on the track's website, it's 
M-O-T-O-X.com. That's the actual track here in Jacksonville. And then the promoter who's running this race, that's where you can get your tickets. Uh, Depending on what day you go, the prices vary from $15 to uh, $35 a person, and then kids five and under are free. And you can get those at www.unlimitedsportsmx.com. And I'll tweet that out, too. So if people want to look on my Twitter at SportsBizMissMiss, I will tweet out the links to those. Perfect. I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun for people who have never been to a motocross event. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things I didn't grow up around, and so it hasn't been on my radar. But now having the chance to work with this track and learn about it, I'm really excited to go out and ride a dirt bike. And I think Chad's going to come out and ride one, too. I'm looking Uh forward to it. Well, I hope your pageant coach does not hear about the fact that you'll be on a dirt bike <laughs> this week. Yeah, I maybe um, shouldn't broadcast it on Twitter after all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put it in somebody else's. Christy, thank you so much for joining us. I love, always love listening to your opinions and your thoughts and, and procedures, basically, on how people get into something that they're passionate about. And I think for a lot of people who have one career in mind and then all of a sudden they switch it up, um, you know, you can provide so much advice on really how to follow your dreams. And so thank you again for joining us. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me, ladies. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks, Christy. Thank you, Christy. I'm sure we will see Christy have a good soon. Night. All right, you too, Christy. All right, ladies, we have teased the angle of a body part long enough, so we will get right to it when we come back. That's right here on Helmets and Heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Helmets and Heels on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. So this probably doesn't sound familiar to a lot of people, but this is the band that I mentioned earlier that I got to see live at the Green Parrot. Good. Putting two of my, oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. They've got two trombone players. Oh, and then this song he sings to his wife who travels with them, and it means my little love in Greek. She's Greek. Aww. It's just, there's so much fun. There's a guy from Africa, like straight from Africa in the band who doesn't stop smiling the entire time. They actually play, I forgot to tell y'all, in case you want to check them out. They play this Sunday in Fernandina. It's part of their tour um, nationwide. They're from Boston. But they play at a um, they play a at a music festival, yep, Sunday. And then the Whalers follow them, as well as Modest Yahoo, all at um, Main Street Park in Fernandina. So oh, nice. They're grooving, case, man. I like them. They are, they're fantastic. Yeah. It's like an upbeat reggae with some soul. Oh, they're real good. Nice. Okay, so I body need, part. Yeah, body part. I need to I need to talk about this. It's now it's now <laughs> become an obsession of mine. So we've talked a little bit about the body part angle. And on helmets and heels, there's really no better way to talk about a body part angle other than talking about a, a woman's rear end. So Donna, tell us. Tell <laughs> okay. us why a round so, booty is a apparently good thing. evolution. All right, this is the title of the topic. Evolution can explain why a, a why a curvy bottom drives men wild. And it's not <laughs> what we all think. It's not the Kim Kardashian, the Jennifer Lopez's of the world. It's not making a booty clap. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not twerking. It. It's nothing. It's none of that. It actually, um, and this was done by researchers at the University of Texas. And the theoretically optimal angle, all right, Theoretically mm-hmm. optimal angle mm-hmm. is a 45.5 degree curve from back to buttocks. <laughs> it's not a big butt. It's basically your curve, the curvature of your spine. So how you arc yourself. Yeah, which is funny because always in dance, you know, we were always taught to 
you know, lift your lift your chest up, you know, lift Shoulders your butt back. up. Yeah, you never want to, you don't want to have don't to lose sway. Your neck. You never want to sway is what they usually say. Yeah. So I'm never used to that. But the curvature, you know, they say this, um, what they have said was the spinal structure would have enabled pregnant women to balance their weight over the hips. This is because an advantage, it appears that they're able to bear multiple children. Well, that's what, that's what guys, I don't know. That's what they have studied, which is a little crazy to me because it, the, the fascination with the booty has only really come about in the past, I don't know, five, ten years or so before it was all about the boobs. I don't and know. Now it's all about the booty. How was the song I like big butts and I cannot lie? Yeah. That was nineties. Yeah. So it's a little while, a couple decades. Well, I think like more mainstream. Right. I think it, it took like a J Lo and it took a Kim Kardashian yeah. to really bring it into more of a, a sexual appeal mm-hmm. as, as far as that part of the, the body is concerned. So what I've decided is that since we're live next week at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville, and baseball players usually have big old round booties, we, between now and then, will measure the curvature between our spine and the bottom of our butts. Yes. And we will tell everyone on air live next week the angle at which ours protrudes. I already have one kid, so I don't know about you girls. <laughs> so I think that'll be, uh, I think that'll be fun. People can certainly tweet at Helmets and Heels and give us their guesses. If the perfect one is 45 and a half, you can certainly guess what onion booty over here is. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that would be blithe. I mean, it's crazy because they say that, you know, they came apart this. It was a two part study and a hundred men were asked to look at images of women and rate their attractiveness. Mm-hmm. That's how this was. And women with the 45.5 degree in the lower back were rated as most appealing. Well, let me just tell you, after seeing your photo shoot in the, or at least the sneak peek of the photo shoot in the Void magazine, the angle of which you curve in the pool is perfection. So that mm-hmm. must be 45.5 degrees. Speaking okay. of blondes, by the way, yes. in uh, in a lot of little clothing, I was shocked to see one of the articles that you sent out as a topic for tonight Blondes versus brunettes, and who sells more lingerie? How on earth do brunettes sell more than blondes? I, I think it was plus size models yes. sell size more models. lingerie, and then but brunettes sell better, right? Yep, plus size models sell more lingerie than slim models. Right, brunettes sell more than blondes. What do they mean by sell more? Just like a, your they, salesman? Um, or? Yeah, just like just like with the test, uh, the study that they did, um, they did the same exact thing with the women in the lingerie, and they found that the plus-size brunettes sold five times more lingerie. Wow. Like, so women would uh, would feel more attracted to buying. It's more relatable. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Not what? everyone eats an almond for a snack. <laughs> I, I just, would... I mean, I don't know. And plus-size models, they don't tell you what size is necessarily plus size well i've heard plus uh, to be technically plus size is a size eight or above which is ridiculous to me that's average normal right i mean i i don't know about you girls i i love shopping at vicky's i love going to victoria's secret (laughs) i get their magazines you know and i to me it doesn't i know i'm not going to look like that you know but they're airbrushed right well that's me but i know and it's not i just think whatever you know, I'm not into the florals and anything like that. But so to me, it's just whatever I think will look good on me. I don't. Right. So I don't understand why it has to be brunettes sell more. Are there more? Yeah, brunettes? What happened to the redheads? But it doesn't even. What mention, about people with purple hair? <laughs> doesn't mention those either. Huh. Gray hair doesn't mention. Hmm. But well, I suppose that 
you know, if you're going to buy it, you're going to buy it really is probably the bottom answer or bottom line. And the study just somehow really teaches that. All right. I have a final question for you girls mm-hmm. before we get to our super fun. I'm so excited about baseball game next week and hopefully my <laughs> team wins. By the way, they're both no. ranked in the top 10 in the uh, NCAA ranking. Hopefully all is Florida's right with the world. Florida currently is ranked above Florida State. So is pipe it, down over there. Is it going to be bad <laughs> if I wear a Red Sox? shirt or jersey no not at all because how do you feel just about don't that? wear florida state stuff and you'll be perfectly fine i won't beat you up <laughs> i don't have any <laughs> what if i do if you do i might beat you up how do you look at it when people wear when you see teams you know gear that are not the teams on the field? i don't uh, it, it's tough because i've been on both sides of it and i've been at jaguar games and i've seen people wear you know other teams jerseys and i, I don't like it um, but I've been at other games. I've been at Florida, Georgia and, right. and worn a Jaguar shirt. I've, I've been at other college games and, and I've worn a Jaguar shirt. I don't, I don't know that it bothers me anymore now that I've done it myself, but I know I used to hate it. I remember going to Fenway years ago and I wore, it was cold and uh, the only warm thing I had was a Patriot sweatshirt and I put that on and I got reamed by really? the fans. Really? You know, you're at the wrong game, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Dang. I am cold and this is what I have. Man, you yeah. don't think that that would be supportive or that would be a supportive atmosphere. It was clearly before 2001. <laughs> it was before the Tom Brady years. So, you know, it was in the sucky years. Yeah, but it happens. Still. My question is, yeah, sorry. Would, uh, no, 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 that's kind of how we roll. Um, my question is, if you were to support your friend's brother who is on the opposite team, your the rivalry that you absolutely cannot stand, would you ever wear... That person, that brother's, your your best friend at the time's brother's team, if it's your absolute rivalry. So, in other words, Blythe, your best friend's brother plays on the Yankees. Would you wear a no. Yankee shirt to support him? No. Donna, same no. question. If it's my brother, yes, not my friend. Best friend's brother. No. no. Okay. I don't, I don't care if it's your brother. I don't care if it's your brother. <laughs> I don't care if it's my dad's brother. I don't care if it's my uncle. No. Unless it's my immediate family. Unless it's my brother. You know, I don't even know that I would I would change even if it wasn't brother. your brother, can you create your own shirt and say, I don't root for this team, but I root for so-and-so. Who's it? That's what I should have done in college. My best friend's brother played on the Florida state baseball team. And I was sitting with their family and their family said, you can't sit with us. Obviously, if you wear Florida stuff and we both, she and I both went to Florida at the time. And so I decided that supporting him was probably a little more important than the rivalry. And I wore the shirt and cheered for him. Obviously, hoped that Florida State, the team lost. I wanted right. him to do well. But I've always been very, very embarrassed to admit that story. <laughs> and then asking y'all the question has now made me far more humiliated and mortified based on the fact that I did wear the Florida State shirt. Oh, I mean, you never live it down. No. I Wasn't it? I think it was Aaron Colvin, cornerback uh, for the Jaguars, that he was born and raised in Tennessee. And whenever he got drafted by the Jaguars, I think his dad like actually burned his Titans jersey. Which made me an instant fan. That's Love awesome. It. I didn't know that story. I, th- I think it was Aaron Colvin that he said that whenever he, the Jaguars drafted him, burned all of his Titans stuff. Burned it. I would have went the, with the make your own t-shirt. I don't root for this team, but I, I root for whatever your friend's brother's Yeah, is. I'm not exactly in the crafty department. And that's something that we'll get into next week, which is... <laughs> It's what puffy makes... paint. That's all it is. It's puffy yeah. paint. <laughs> yeah, still no. Um, no, it's, it's just not. It's just not me. But that's one of the things we are going to talk about next week. In addition to revealing the angles of our booties, I definitely want to hear because I love. I love this question. 
what is what defines a guy's girl? What yeah. is a guy's girl? I think all three of us will have completely different definitions of that. But before we get to Florida Florida State Baseball next week, first, we have to say hello to our good friend, Fat Tony, who's coming up in a few minutes. 